Hey everyone, my name is Suze. I'm the founder and CEO of the Rockstar Advocate. I'm a mindset coach for music professionals. So whether they're an artist, a manager, anything, anybody making a career out of the music industry, I help them with goal setting, time management, and basically anything that involves building their structure so that they can run and build their own career in this industry. I'm Rich Howells. Uh, I run uh, NEPAC. It's an uh, independent arts and entertainment website. Uh, the only uh, independent uh, media that covers uh, radio arts and entertainment events uh, in, in our area. Uh, we've been around for three years. This is actually our, uh, our three-year anniversary. It was just a few weeks ago. And uh, somehow we're still kicking and still around. Uh, I could definitely tell you how to succeed in music. I don't know if I get the, 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 the life part. I don't know if I've covered that yet. So, uh, you know, the, uh, the title of this uh, panel might be a little off, but, uh, you know, other than that. And uh, my table's right back there. So uh, if you want to learn more about our site, uh, I have, you know, t-shirts and stickers and all that kind of stuff, too. If you want to support us, uh, we are independent, which means we're broke. But, <laughs> you know, if... Uh, if you would be so kind, but otherwise, uh, you know, we're just happy to, to have people uh, check us out. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NEPAC. All right, guys, so the purpose of this is, I mean, you guys are all musicians. That's obviously what you love or in the music industry, and there's uh, two people who are, are working doing something they love, so we're kind of here to talk about that aspect of it. So, Susan, I'll let you start. Sure. So if you could just tell us a little bit about some of the challenges and how to overcome them um, when, when trying to do something that, that, that's turning your passion into a career. Sure. Okay, so just a quick question. Like, how many people here are just overwhelmed with everything that they've... Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of it, and when I say like I'm a mindset coach, a lot of what that work is involved is helping people get perspective and helping them figure out what's urgent, what's not urgent, where they can put their focus. I think, you know, coming to events like this is amazing and it shows that you want to learn, but sometimes there's so much to learn and you take it all in at once and then you're like, okay, well how do I digest all of that? So I'm a big proponent of slowing down, monotasking, which is the opposite of multitasking, because that's actually been proven by scientists that it doesn't, it's not possible to multitask. Um, and, and it's really just about figuring out, you know, learn what you can, come to events like this, you know, ask questions, do your research, but give yourself a break. Take piece by piece, learn something, get to the point where you understand it and then take on the next piece of it. And I, and that really is what it comes down to. It's all about being able to see that if you're in this for the long run, if you want to be able to quit your day jobs and make money from your music, you have to come at it as a business person. You have to come at it as a business owner. And if, it's some, if that's something that completely turns you off, then you should just do music for the love of it and keep it as a hobby and, and do something else to bring in an income because it is a lot of work and there are a lot of pieces to it. So it all comes, the most important thing in my opinion is managing that, managing the overwhelm and, and slowing down. That's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> I can take that, uh, take that advice. Uh, in terms of, uh, what is the question in terms of succeeding? So, I mean, no, just uh, turning your passion into a turn, career. Turn, uh, well, uh, for me, it was a matter of 
newspapers uh, locally for the past five years. And uh, just like many newspapers are and continuing to do, uh, I got laid off, uh, like a lot of people. And uh, unfortunately, it was, it was just a situation where uh, you have two options around here. You can either work for one media company or the other media company, and they're more or less the same to work for, which is not good. <laughs> so, uh, so I wanted to, to say, you know, I, I, I have you know, six months on unemployment, uh, a, a very uh, small severance. I'm going to try and start this website and see if anybody cares, essentially. And if nobody cares in a couple of months, then I'll do something else, you know. And, uh, and right away, I noticed that people really did care, and they were really hungry for this. And uh, it was one of those things where I pitched a lot of the ideas that I do now to the big companies when I worked for them. And they didn't want them. They, they couldn't see uh, why I would want to do those things. You know, uh, what's a podcast? Why would anyone care about that? You know, uh, why, why are you going out uh, to, to all the shows? All you have to do is just call people up, talk to them for 10 minutes on the phone, bang out uh, a half-assed interview and call it a day. Why are you going the extra mile by actually going to the shows and events and hanging out with the artists and really understanding who they are as people and things like that? And, uh, you know, it's because I want to. Because that, that's what I'm passionate about. I don't, I don't care if I'm getting paid for that part or not, you know? Uh, so uh, the past three years, is really, really the struggle for me has been the getting paid part. Uh, you know, the, finding the audience was easy. Uh, there, was a, there was a need for it. There was people that wanted it. Uh, there was people that liked what we do and, and the attitude that we uh, deliver it through. But they weren't as, it, it was a matter of convincing advertisers and sponsors and things like that to take a chance on something that's small, that's a little bit different uh, from what they're used to, from what they're, they're used to supporting and advertising with and things like that. Um, which really, a lot of that started from doing live events. Uh, was a thing that we really uh, didn't see from a lot of local media uh, maybe years ago. Uh, there were a lot of cool fundraisers and festivals and things like that. Um, you didn't see that as much now. Um, the, the focus was elsewhere. And a lot of times artists were kind of asked to, you know, it, it was always, you know, do things for free, uh, work for free. You know, we're doing this for, for, for charity. And that's all well and good, but at some point, these guys get, get paid too. You know, they, gotta, they, they have to get paid to, uh, for their gas there and back and their instruments and all the time and effort that it takes to do this kind of stuff. So we started an open mic where we give people free money, essentially, and, uh, we would uh, take an audience poll, we would do an open mic, and then at the end, uh, we'd poll the audience, who was your favorite vo uh, favorite uh, person that night? And whoever was voted the winner uh, got $53. And then uh, that kind of developed into like an open mic talent showcase thing that we've been doing the past couple years, which, you know, plug, plug, where we are bringing back this Tuesday uh, in Scranton at the B Spot. So if you're at the Scene Town Music Awards, the same, same venue that uh, we're doing there. But that was a, a really big way for us to get our name out there and show that we care and uh, you know that we're willing to take chances and do something different and cover artists that typically weren't covered. You know, a lot of the people that came to me were frustrated because they went to the local papers and nobody cared. You know, they didn't want to hear their story. You know, you're not you're not somebody's brother. Who cares? You know, and uh, but we gave them a chance and we've seen a lot of those people grow and develop and a lot of them are playing this weekend. And, and just real quick to add on um, in terms of knowing what your why is and you know people say that or they think about it but like really taking time to be like why music 
Like, why, why are you willing to, you know, work a bunch of day jobs to make this happen and tell your friends you can't go on vacation because you're, you know, working at this or, you know, put all the fu extra funds you have into getting to that studio or whatever it is. Why? Like, what is that? Because when you know that and you can be so confident and clear in it, and I've been in the business for about 15 years, and I had other businesses that failed, and the reason why I'm doing this full-time is because I started doing what I wanted to do, and I got clear on why I was so passionate about it. I was a manager first because that's what you should do. If you're not a performer, you manage people. And then it was, no, I hate that. Why am I doing that? And then it was, well, I'll write bios for people because I'm a really good writer. Okay, because that's what somebody said I should do. And that didn't go anywhere because I wasn't passionate about it. I, I dragged myself to do it every single time. And so when you listen to the shoulds, that's where you see yourself wrong. So put should out of your vocabulary. If somebody's saying, you know, just like they said before on the panel, when someone was like, well, wait, should we do monthly fees or we shouldn't do monthly fees? If it works for you, do it. <laughs> If you're creating, you know, if you want to put out an album and you're like, well, people are saying I should do singles, but I want to put out an album. So put out an album. Like, do it, do it wholeheartedly, be smart about it, do some research and have a strategy around it, but do it. And, and I think that that's what really makes the difference. Like, people try to talk me out of this for years. They were like, what's a mindset coach? Nobody even knows what that is. Well, outside of this industry, they're everywhere. And I noticed a, a hole, and I noticed what that's what I'm passionate about. And people told me, no, musicians don't want to learn how to manage their money. Musicians don't care about time management and anything like that. And I'm, I'm like, okay. And I get paid to speak places, and I get paid to work one-on-one -on -one with clients, and I get to charge for what I like to do. I was passionate about it, I believed in it, and I saw a need for it. So. Think about that and get really clear on that. When people say, well, you should be doing this. I'm from New York, we have a couple of terms we tend to use. I don't know, I won't use it here. But um, but do it anyway. So that, that's enough. Passion is absolutely infectious. Yeah. You know, when you're passionate about something, people see that and they want to be passionate. They're not only passionate about what you're doing, but then it makes them passionate about whatever they're doing, even if it's not related. You know, you're a musician and they're a painter. But you know, they see what you're doing, and they're just like, wow, that really motivates me to create my art and pursue my passion as well. So both of you have taken the leap to work in your passions. And um, I'm sure a lot of people are, are, they think about that with their music and everything. I'm sure there's a lot of anxiety that goes into making that choice. So talk a little bit about overcoming that anxiety and, 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 and taking the leap. Sure. Um, meditate. Um, I'm somebody that I grew up with very high anxiety. I was in therapy for 10 years for it. Um, and, and that's what initially got me. I mean, I used to market myself as a therapist in this industry. And pe people didn't like that word, so you know, now I'm an advocate. Um, but whatever gets the job done. But um, no, meditation and, and just sitting in silence, even if you don't feel like, well, what's meditation? I don't even know. But just quiet your mind, sitting there in silence at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day to just digest everything. We don't allow ourselves, you know, we 
we absorb information you know, every minute of the day on our smartphones and when we're talking to people, but we're not digesting it. And so you know, when, when we just take it all in or, or when you get advice from all of us and we're telling you to like, you know, look up this thing or read this book or, you know, look into this and you're like, oh, okay, and then you go home and it's just like, it, it's, it's paralysis, you know? And, and so by just, again, slowing down, doing one thing at a time, really deep breaths, um, yoga, <laughs> uh, walking outside, getting fresh air, all of those things can really lower your anxiety. Um, getting a little mastermind group together, and all that means is you're just finding people that are kind of maybe at similar you know, spots in their journey as you, and meeting once a week or once a month to support one another, to hold each other accountable. Um, all of that can really lessen anxiety because then you don't feel so alone in everything that you're, you're going through. So. You need a, a, a support system. And, and, and that's really, uh, whether that is your, your friends, your family, your significant other, whatever, uh, you know, in my case, you know, my wife has been very, very understanding when it comes to, you know, the first couple years, I'm not going to be making very much, you know, and she understood that and was able to, you know, balance that until I could get on my feet and start making money on a regular basis and things like that. But it's, you know, it's always been a struggle and continues to be a struggle because I'm not a salesperson. I'm a writer, you know, I'm a journalist, I'm a photographer, things like that. I, I, the, the business world is still new to me in that sense. So, you know, it, it, that was tough. But um, when you surround yourself with people who are passionate about the same things, it's so important because when, uh, you know, years ago, before I could get a writing job, uh, I worked as a clerk at a blockbuster. And uh, obviously, if I had stuck with that career, <laughs> that wouldn't have worked out too well. Um, a lot of the, the people that I hung out with, it was basically like clerks, if you've ever seen clerks, where they're miserable and we're making fun of the customers all the time and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it was like, wow, I hate myself, I hate my job, I hate people, I hate humanity, you know, and it brought me down. And it had an effect on my writing because at that point I was trying to pursue freelance gigs and, and get a job as a writer. I thought, I'm not getting this because I suck. This is going to be my life now. I'm going to sit in front of this register all, all, all day and hate myself and hate people. And I'm never going to get beyond that because my writing isn't any good. You know, Even though the writing had nothing to do with what I was doing as a day job, it had that effect on it. But when I started hanging out with people who are other successful writers, when I started hanging out with journalists who were following their passions, when I started hanging out with musicians and things like that at shows, then it renewed my interest and it made me think, oh, you know what, I, I really do have something else to offer. You know, maybe my stuff isn't as bad as I thought it was. And, you know, then I got a freelance gig, which then led into a staff writing job, which, you know, a couple years later led, led to uh, an editing job. So it gave me the confidence that when I was ready to branch out on my own, I thought, well, if I moved this, this fast in, in just a few years and, and got off, there must be something to this, you know? And if by that point, I had already built a fan base and an audience of people who were willing to follow just my work, you know, and my writing and things like that. So it easily led into doing any PA scene because I already had artists who were familiar with my work in the past and uh, fans who had already, you know, built something in the past. So. Uh, you know, you don't want to toot your own horn too much. Uh, so, you know, just do what you're doing, and people will recognize that. 
And I think two things that go a really long way are acknowledgement and permission. I mean, it's so funny how, I mean, I'll, I'll get so upset or, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll hold everything in and then I'll talk to my mom or my best friend or something and they'll just say like, well, that's okay. And I'll be like, oh, no, I, yeah, no, it is okay. Okay, thank you. But we can give that permission to ourselves. We don't always have to have somebody. Sometimes we're waiting, or before you decide to make the jump and do something, you're like waiting for somebody else to give you permission. You can give yourselves permission and permit yourself to fail because that's how you're gonna learn and get better. And it, if you're failing, it means you're doing something. And that's so much better than just not doing something because you don't wanna fail at it. And so that permission is one thing. And the other thing is acknowledgement. Again, for somebody that's struggled with anxiety for so long, just acknowledging the fact that I know when things get really, really tense and I get really anxious about something, I can acknowledge, like, yes, I feel anxious. This feeling is not gonna last forever. It will pass. It, you know, it's a roller coaster, you know, doing, being a business owner, doing this stuff on your own. And so as soon as you acknowledge that, you're like, okay, the upswing will come. And it always does. So, you know, giving yourself that, that leeway is really important too. <clears throat> so I guess in, uh, how do you balance, so it's your passion, bringing other people into it and making them buy into your passion. What, uh, can you talk a little bit about that, the steps that you should take towards that? Because you obviously don't want to overwhelm people, but how do you bring them into it? Sure, I'll, I'll make an answer. Um, for, for me, it, it just kind of worked out organically. Uh, I started the site, um, what I did was, uh, in a few months before I launched it, I started creating content uh, specifically for myself, uh, not for anybody else, and I didn't tell anybody about it. Uh, I already had uh, you know, a Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff reserved and ready to go, but uh, I didn't tell anyone that I was doing it. Uh, I just kept creating content. So then by the time I launched in September, uh, I was creating content from maybe July until then. Uh, there was already a full website, full of content, full of, you know, of, of stuff for people to check out. So people almost felt like, oh, I'm missing something, you know? And, and were able to, to see right away, oh, this guy is really passionate about doing this. And so uh, right away, uh, other photographers, other writers kind of came out of the woodwork and were essentially like, how can I be a part of this? This is really cool, I like what you're doing. And uh, so you, you really just have to lead by example, really. And other people will follow through and eventually say, hey, you know what, that, that is a great idea, I should be a part of this. And make people feel like a team. Whenever I refer to anything on the website, even though 99% of the time it's me posting it, I always say we. I don't say I. I don't say I am an EPAC and I don't put, plaster my name all over the thing. Uh, my little bio picture is a drawing of, that somebody else is drawing. I'm like more trying to promote their art than I am my own face. You know what I mean? Like the only reason that I do a podcast uh, that people can see me is is I feel like you know that they can hold me accountable. They they know that there is somebody behind there that it's not just a robot that's uh, uh, producing content, which I think a lot of people on the internet think that's the case. That it just self-generates itself and puts itself out there. But uh, you know, every time you flame a, a writer in the comments, he's reading it. He's probably crying himself to sleep. So keep that in mind. But uh, you know, uh, it, it, it was very easy to get people interested and, and, and passionate about it. And once they like, you know, in those first few months, it was like, there's absolutely going to not be no money in this. Just so you're aware. And they're like, 
long as I get free concert tickets, I don't care. I'll go, I'll go shoot this show, whatever, you know, because they saw that I was doing the same thing. You're in the same boat. You're putting them on the same level. You're not trying to go above them. I'm not like, well, I'm the editor. I'm the founder and this and that, you know, like we're all on the same level. We're all on the same plane. And everybody owns the rights to their own stuff, too. So a photographer goes out and takes pictures, and then he wants to sell them later. Those are his. You know, you did the work, you went out and did it. I have the, you know, we post them on my site first, so, you know, we got the traffic, and, and so we got my, you know, my end of it. We covered the event, you know, and now the, the, the work is yours, you know, and it's important to recognize people for the hard work that they do. Uh, when I was in newspapers, uh, they feel like they can treat you miserably because you're a dime a dozen. You know, there are some amazing photographers and writers around here who don't even, who, who aren't even in the business anymore because they couldn't take, uh, you know, the, the pressure of the job is enough. But then to have bosses that are, are just like, well, you know, I could get an intern to do your job for free. Why, why would I, you know, why would I care if you leave? Go ahead and walk, you know? Not realizing that not everyone can do it the same way. You know, some people have a certain eye or just a certain way of doing things and expressing themselves that you can't just find a, a free replacement for. That's not how that works. So as long as you continue to recognize that, you know, uh, you're, you're part of a team and that everybody is in the same boat and uh, you're all on the same level, uh, that's that's the easiest way I've found uh, for everybody to, uh, to get together. And in terms of like when I first started, you know, attracting a client base, and it's really no different than if you're trying to attract fans, it's, you know, you, you get what you put out. So, you know, like I said, if you, Really, this is why knowing your why is so important. If you're so passionate about it, you'll attract people. People will be attracted to the energy you're putting out there, the passion, the vision that you have. And, you know, again, like when I, because there's no real like mindset coach out there for independent artists, guess what? At the major labels, there are life coaches that get sent out on tour with most major artists. Um, it's just not something that's talked about. So, I knew it because I worked at the major labels, and so I came out thinking, oh, this people will get it right away, and they didn't. And so what I had to do was, you know, and I learned this uh, managing a crate and barrel, but I also, once I decided I was gonna quit that job and do this full time, the first thing I did was hire a business coach. And when I learned from her, and I, I hired somebody outside of the music industry, I learned that the music industry isn't that different from any other industry. I think we all like want to hold on to like, oh, it's so different and it's unique and it's music and it's no different than the financial industry or you know any other type of corporate business. It's a business, like, and if you want to be a part of it, you have to look at your career as a business. So, what I learned at Crate and Barrel is the same thing that my business coach taught me, which was if I'm marketing my stuff to people. You know, I started out being like, well, um, you know, I, I think it's really important you hire me because, you know, you need better time management skills and, and you know, you, you should keep a calendar and, you know, I make spreadsheets and it'll be really great. No musician care. Like, they were like, okay. But if you lead with benefits rather than features, so the benefit would be, hey, are you really tired of being exhausted every day? And are you really tired of feeling like you're putting all this effort forward and not getting any results from it? And are you really just like completely overwhelmed with everything you're trying to learn as a do-it-yourself artist? And they're like, yeah, I am. I'm like, okay, well, I can help you. Come talk to me. And like, that's what changed it. So when you sell your music, it's not so much like, 
this is my brand new song and this is off my second album. No, it's I created this music that you know really touches people and, and it's the best thing you can do after a horrible day at work, put my music on and it's really soothing and relaxing. Or if you're a big rock band and it's like, if you want to get energized and pumped when you're at the gym, I've got the solution for that. I mean, it's really showing people what are they going to get from what you're putting out there, whether it's music or a service or whatever it is. Showing people what you can do for them, showing people what they're going to gain by getting on board with you. That's what, that that's the secret. And that's when I started getting clients where I wasn't just showing that I, I can't, I get so excited about spreadsheets, like it's not healthy. But I, I had to realize that most musicians don't get excited about spreadsheets, so I can't make them excited about spreadsheets, but I can show them how it can help them. And I can show them, I can give them tools and show them how it can make their lives easier. So instead of trying to force people to be as excited about this song that you wrote as you were for writing it, they're not, because they didn't write the song. But get them excited about what they're going to take away after they listen to the song. Guys, I think that, uh, first of all, I, I read Rich's website every day, and it helps me immensely keep track of all the bands and everything, and Susan's book that I got from her last year is incredible, and I, I use that constantly, too, with the planner, it's so helpful. Um, I think both of them, what both of them do get overlooked a little bit, um, and kind of fall by the wayside, so I'd like to give everybody a chance and maybe have a little bit longer um, for this one question and answer, because it, although it, it, it's it's great, I think it, it's it's a little bit more layered. So to ask some questions, um, anything that anybody has, um, and if, if it's something that you're you want to talk about, we can even do like a little meet afterwards and mm -hmm. talk. So um, does anybody have any questions? And I mean, Rich, you know, it's the website. So if you have questions about the website, ask me about the website too. So. Sure. Um, anybody? Anything at all? Shy. Yeah. subjects that those people are passionate about. And 
you know, sometimes we'd be, you know, here off and, and try new things. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Sometimes our audience really responds to them. Uh, you know, a buddy of mine is uh, a beer writer, but he's also a big fan of horror movies. So we started a, a horror movie uh, thing once a week. He just picks out a particular uh, movie that he likes and explains why and, you know, why you should see it and stuff like that. And people respond to it right away. It's, oh, yeah, that's really cool. It's something different. You know, I can't get that in a lot of the other local publications. And they're all about that. You know, some other times, you know, you try something like an advice column or something. They're like, yeah, you know, uh, all right, I can read anybody's advice anywhere. What does this person know? You know, like, so you never know how people are going to react until you try it and, and, and give it a chance. On the, the fan side of it, you know, I just tell people, like, like uh, whereas social media is, is my best friend when it comes to getting content out there, it can also be my worst enemy. And Facebook has really changed so much in the last couple of years. Whereas when I first started, it was much easier to get content out because I was a newer page. And it seems like as you succeed on Facebook, they punish you more because they want you to pay for everything that you post now. And I'm sure everybody here who's in a band who has a band page knows that feeling something out there that's important to your fans, but you share a stupid meme and a thousand people, you know, right away with a red reactor respond to it. You, you, you share a show, uh, show flyer or something like that. And it's like, I don't want to likes. That's so the next day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, what time you play? It's like, oh, it was last night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's too late by that yeah. point. And, and so it's so important for people to literally just like stuff and share it on, on Facebook and, and Twitter and stuff like that because that helps me get that stuff out there without having to pay for it. So you're literally saving me money, time, and energy, and, and a lot of frustration just by clicking the article. Because I, I, I met a lot of people this weekend, even, uh, who I ran into that are like, oh, I read you all the time. And I'm like, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I've never seen you react to anything on page. I see the names pop up. You know, I know I know most of the people in the community. I know a good portion of our readership. But you know, on the on the Google end of things, you're looking at Google Analytics and going, this is a bunch of numbers. I don't know who these people are. Uh, I can tell you kind of where they come from. You know, uh, we actually have a fan base in Philly for of all places. Like, even though we don't get into Philly very often, you know, maybe every couple months we cover shows there and stuff. But those scenes are connected. You know, and it makes sense to to branch out and reach more into those things. So, um, you know, in, in, in terms of that, just to, you know, just continue to share content, let people know that it exists. Because you can't take that for granted either. You know, a lot of people, you, people I think, assume, especially in papers, there's almost an arrogance about it where it's like, well, you know, uh, I, I write for this rank time. I write for this and that. And it's like, well, you can't guarantee that anybody even knows what that is nowadays. Newspapers are, are passe. You know, you can't guarantee that people are reading it on a regular basis. So I never take for granted that people even know what any case is. Uh, so I always kind of approach it from that subject. You know, we write a lot of our content based on that. Like, we almost over-explain some things just because you never know if this person is remotely familiar with these bands or this scene or what's going on here. So you kind of have to approach it from that sense that, like, this could be the first time that anybody has seen this. You know, and, you, and I try to at least put as much excitement into everything that we post as possible. Uh, lots of exclamation points and things like that to get people excited about the things that we're doing. Because we're excited about it, we think you should be too. Thank you. Do you have any other questions? Yeah. I've got a back in Postcard for the thing going on in Delaware again in a month. Can you go into a little more detail about what's going on there? Sure. 
Alright guys, in case uh, you haven't been able to pick up one of these, um, Seuss is putting on the Musicpreneur Mindset. Um, or Musicpreneur yeah. Mindset oh. Summit, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. That's right. Um, in Dewey Beach, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Rehoboth. Rehoboth right? Beach, yeah. okay. In Rehoboth Beach at the end of the month. Um, it's, I'm gonna let her talk about it, but if you guys get a chance, like, please attend it because that's, although we touch on a lot of things, this is really focused on growing yourself as a band, as a business. Um, and it's a lot, of, a lot of that gets overlooked, and I'm sure anybody in the management can agree that that's one of the biggest things. If you don't treat your band like a business, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt you in the long run. So I'm gonna let her talk about that a little bit, and then we're gonna break. And um, if anybody has any questions, please talk to these guys. Awesome. Thank you for that intro. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Joe pretty much nailed it. It's basically, it's called the Musicpreneur Mindset Summit because it's all about the mindset of how to be a business owner in this industry. Doesn't matter if you sell music or you're a sell a service like being a manager or booking agent. Um, so it's, it's really for, for anybody uh, that wants to make a career in this industry. And <clears throat> what happened was, I don't, if you're familiar with the Dewey Beach Music Conference that goes on, it was canceled this year, unfortunately, and there were a lot of people that still wanted to go down and, and hang out and, and learn. So, I mean, I, it was put together very quickly, but we, we rallied and we got some amazing um, speakers behind us. Um, Benji um, Rogers from Pledge Music is gonna be our honored guest. We have Roxy Digital, who's a commercial radio host in New York. She's gonna be coming down and going over you know, radio and how to understand how that all whole thing works. Um, we have a financial planner doing a workshop on financial management and how to do that as a musician or anyone in the music industry. Um, there are mixers and other panels where we go over stuff like um, copyrights and licensing and all that stuff, but it's all about how can you take in that info and then digest it. Everything that we do that weekend is all about making it digestible information and making it so that you understand what your next steps can be. Um, and so it's the 28th, it's in two weeks, it's the Thursday the 28th to Saturday the, the uh, 30th. It's in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, right next to Dewey Beach. Um, and it's, uh, there'll be performances at Dogfish Head Brewery. Um, we've got five panels, five workshops, mixers, stuff like that, and um, every ticket uh, comes with a copy of my uh, weekly planner. So you can, you can then stay organized after you, you've been there. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of great people coming, and um, you know, so far so good, and hopefully we can grow like uh, Joe and Ken have done over the years, and, and we'll see what happens. So I encourage everybody to come check it out. I have more flyers. If you have any questions, come, come ask me. So it's in two weeks in Delaware, and I hope to see you there. Is there uh, anybody else? Questions? Okay. Thank, thank you to Ken and Joe for putting this all together, and we're we're around to come come approach us afterwards. Thank you.